Oh, Christ. Oh, no. Welcome to Fearless and Devotion this week. Uh, sponsored by the Fat Boar, uh, Tim. Andy Merrill's just gone dark. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think my lights are broken, broken, blown up. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is why you watch this on YouTube. It's like the silhouette. Is it Andy Morell? Is it? Is it? Uh, it could be anybody. Rocky Robin. It could be anybody. We are live. else in a minute. I'll be coming with someone else. Um, right. While we're waiting for Andy, uh, it's Rich Watkins' birthday, isn't it, uh, Tim? It was yesterday. So many happy returns to Rich. Um, and yeah, top man, top uh, podcast sponsor, um, an all-round nice guy and top red. So very many happy returns to Mr. Rich Watkin. Go and support local businesses, the Fat Boar. Uh, the kind of bore, my screen. I mean, he's just, he's he's hoovering up Wrexham, isn't he? Um, Hill Street. So yeah, it's it's all there. Um, did he have a did he have a visit from a, a certain co-chairman over no over no he, he was he was quite happy to let people think that that was the case. Right, <laughs> understandably. So that's, that's that's savvy businessman that is. Um, <laughs> I think I think basically it was all the sponsors. It was kind of like a sponsors day yesterday. Um, the whole maximum effort crew and various sponsors, hence the the five blacked out mercs that were seen on Mo Road on the on the Friday. Obviously, Rob Mack was there at the game, but he wasn't at that establishment. Unless, of course, Rich Walken is lying. And if that's the case, I rescind your birthday wishes. But he doesn't um, lie. He's straight faced lads. So It'd be fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not going to say that. Uh, right. Um, you can probably tell if you can see on the YouTube, but we're joined by Andy Morell, who appears to be interrogating himself at the moment. Uh, <laughs> probably light issues. What do you know, Andy? What do you know? What do you know? Look. <laughs> um, for, for the purposes of this podcast, uh, we're going to call you Mozza, and I'll, I'll remain Andy. Otherwise, this is going to get bloody confusing. Um, uh, right, before we sort of get into it, uh, Jill's yesterday, really good performance. Liam, you were there. What did you think? Uh, it was what I've been crying out for pretty much all season, which is a nice, relaxing 2-0 win at home. No major dramas aside from they had a penalty shout. They also had a bit of a, missed a bit of a sitter, but... It was more than a shout, mate. <laughs> Come on. Well, I, I'm biased. I, I, you know, I, I'm never going to give it to the opposition, so... That's just the way it is. Um, but it was re- really good to watch. Some really nice passing play, given that we apparently play really direct football and we don't pass the ball. Two really nice, patient goals, patient build-up, uh, decent passing, and Ben Toes' finish. That A striker would have been happy with that. So, I thought, for me, I think he was probably my man of the match, actually. Um, and I have been a bit critical of him in the past, but can't fault him whatsoever yesterday at all. You know what? I can't really fault him since he's come back. I think he's 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 really sort of sorted out the problems he, he's obviously had with uh, with what happened to him off the pitch. Uh, to, let's ask a striker: Would you be happy with that finish? Sorry, Tim. We don't mean you. <laughs> I take that's me. And then, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, brilliant finish, wasn't it? Good run across the near post, outside of the foot, just right into the roof of the net. Really good technique on it. Great cross as well, right where you want it, right in front of you. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I think from looking from afar for the game, it it looked a a very comfortable two nil, if you like. And like you've said just there, we've been crying out for for it rather than these mental home score lines. So uh, no good, and and they keep just they just keep going, and they look like they're getting right into their stride now. It's ominous, isn't it? Tim, I think that was probably the fastest goal I can ever remember. Uh, Wrexham, not not really parky ball, was it? It was. Uh... Whatever parky ball is, 
stroking no. it around, patience, as, as as Liam says. But can you remember a quicker goal than that? I know we've conceded quicker than that, but have we scored? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm sure there is, but nothing springs to mind because it just, you know, we, how, how many times have we been crying out for Wrexham to do fast starts? And then they go, okay, you want a fast start? We'll give you a goal inside a minute. And has to be said, all the approach was, was brilliant. The build up play was great. Shocking defended by Gillingham, to be fair, which led to that goal. We really should have read that better. Um, but Palmer, to his credit, anticipates it's in the right place at the right time, knocks it away. But yeah, I'm sure there is one. But if if, if anybody out there does know of, of a faster goal, please tweet us and let us know. Um, just briefly going back to the Toza thing, um, we did the spaces last night and Lee Toza, Ben's brother, um, basically said this. Um, I'm happy he's got his head back in the game. Uh, it's been tough, but we needed to keep going like dad would have wanted because obviously lost the father. Um, his finish was something I taught him. I've still not seen him score in person, though. So basically, Ben Toza's um, predatory-like skills, morale-like fox-in-the-box effort is down to his brother. Oh, so Lee would, would lead you to believe. But I can care what everybody else has been saying. I think that break has done in the world of good. I think Parky's management of that is is excellent once again. He picked the right moment to bring him out. Arguably, you could have said he wanted to bring him out earlier, but I imagine Toes would have said, look, you know, let me continue playing. It's a good distraction. He needed him. He needed him. Yeah, it's caught up with him. And ever since our Stockport loss, we've not looked back, really. It probably did us the world of good. In a weird way, it probably did us the world of good to say, look, you know, you needed taking down a peg or two. You're in this division. There you go. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrible performance. But what is it, 11 unbeaten now? Um, and we're looking good. You know sometimes, what, we're evolving. We're evolving a little yeah. bit. Yeah, sometimes when you're in it as well, like Toza, um, and you just keep going through things like this off the field because it's the one thing that you can completely forget about stuff. But at, at some point, he just needed a refresh, I think, you know, and, and like you said, Parky took him out at the right time and he's able to just take stock of everything I would have thought off the pitch and then and then go again. And, he, and he's certainly done that, he? when he's come back in, he's been brilliant. As an ex-pro, uh, was that a penalty? Um, was it what my my P, old PE teacher would have said? That's ball to hand, and I, I don't even know if that's a rule. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does hit his hand, but it's come right at him from a very short for, for a very short distance. Do you think professionally that's a, that's that's a penalty? Well, these days, I've got no idea. <laughs> so um, I, it's one of those I've seen them given, and I've seen them not, and it's just it's one of those how whether the referee saw it from where he was. You know how he saw it. Did it hit? Was his arm closer? I don't know, but um, sometimes you just get a little rub of the green, and, and that was one for for Wrexham yesterday. I, I we were we were sort of saying a couple of weeks ago that they start really slow and they they let other teams onto them. They let them try and turn us. Now for the last couple of games, I think that's been the opposite, and I, I certainly was yesterday when I mean, we scored within a minute. I do sort of think that Gillingham came um, and played exactly the way we want teams to play which is one up front, not really pre- do a high press, let us sort of stroke it about. Evans had the run of midfield, was brilliant, but had the run of midfield, didn't really have loads of people around him. Um, but we use that to our, our advantage. Do you, uh, Moza, do you think our style of play is evolving a little bit and has over the last sort of couple of weeks? Are we getting to grips with, with, with League Two? Yeah, I, th- I think he's, he's getting in, he's more of an idea of his, his best eleven if you like, even though he's got injuries. But I certainly think the the Stockport game 
they had to have a revisit for away games, didn't they? And I think they've looked a lot more solid away from home after that. I think it was a little bit more gung-ho at the start of the season away and we we're just going to blitz everybody and it just does not work like that. You know, this league too, I've been really impressed with the top end of the pitch. The strikers in this league, I think they've been, they've done so much better than the National League and I think that's the difference between the leagues. Um, but that, as I said, they've evolved with their away performances and, and at home they are just, they're sensational. They never stop, do they? And they they just, they entertain right from, from sort of minute one. But like you say, yeah, maybe a couple of them have been slow starts. It's not deliberate, I'm sure. It's just the way that it happens. But certainly yesterday they went went straight for it, didn't they? And, and took off. And that's the way I'm sure Parky's been telling them to go all season. Yeah. Um, Tim, we hardly missed Mullin and McLean, did we? No, and that, you know that's that's the beauty of it, isn't it? I was, I was saying to a few other people, we need to kind of park this mindset of, of us only being a team that relies on one or two outstanding players when if you look through the squad there are at least a dozen to 15 outstanding players now which have dragged this club from where we were to where we wanted to be and and easily pushing on to to League One so I think that there were certain elements that obviously Mullin can only do in terms of how he reads it if it's a long ball over the top his the way barges into his defender creates that space latches onto it and does the rest um you know he's he's brilliant at doing that there's not many better than him that does do it so but again Palmer stepped up I thought Dolby had a really really good game I think some of his passing was very crisp I think some of his overall decision making was really really good I thought they linked up play really well and yeah it's it's a weird thing because McLean was great in midweek um you know in the in the uh, win over Port Vale Obviously scored, set up one in that in that two one win, um, which sees us top the group. But I love the fact that he played higher at the pitch on that sort of left hand side of midfield rather than left wing back. So it'd be interesting to see whether he gets deployed there when he's back in. Um, You're not talking I'd... about a formation change here, are you, Tim? Yeah, I mean, but but where do you, you can't take you can't you don't take Mendy and forward at those wing back positions though. You just don't. You know, they, they've solidified it. So um, there will be moves, obviously, because Mendy will be out playing for Gambia. I still can't quite, I'm still not quite sure if McLean is going to be available because somebody said he would be available, even though he's been called to the Republic. I don't know if that's, uh, there's a gap between the games. I don't know. But either way, long, to, to, answer your, to answer the question in short form, is that no, we didn't miss him, which is a measure of how good this squad is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Liam, let's talk about Dolby a little bit. I, I'm, I sort of think that we're seeing why he's been given the extension, why Parkinson um, why Parkinson is so fond of him, because he was coming in for bit, bits and bits and odds and sods this season and wasn't really grasping the chance. But you give him a couple of starts. He's had four in a row now. He looks a different player, doesn't he? Technically, he brings he's got he's a little bit of everything, isn't he? He's not quite the target man, but he's big. He's a bit more mobile than even Palmer. And I think technically he's very good with the ball, isn't he? Yeah, there was a lot of questions asked when the extension was signed. And I think that was by virtue of the fact he had a pretty, I'm sure he'd say himself, you know, quite a slow start to the season. But there are attributes there that you just catch a glimpse of and you can see why Parky wants to keep him around. I don't think he's the fastest player, but I think when he runs at players, you know, defenders do struggle with him quite a lot. Saw that on Tuesday night and saw it yesterday as well. 
um, and just the way he brings other players into play and his decision-making is getting better. There's still occasions, you know, where he could do better. But I think overall, it's just a nice option to have. You know, if your best player's out and you've got Palmer and Dolby playing pretty well like we did yesterday, you know, you've got every chance of getting a goal. So, yeah, really happy with how he's reacted to that after being given an extension. Mozzie, you must be um, a great advocate for giving strikers starts. So, uh, um, a new sub, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, He's had four, I think four now, isn't it? So he started counting. It was a bit of a surprise. Uh, have you seen his development over, over those games? Yeah, he's still a young kid uh, as well, you know, in fairly striker terms, I suppose. But uh, I, at the back end of last season, I thought he had a really good finish to the season. He was sort of keeping Palmer out, wasn't he? Uh, and he was chipping in with his with his share of the goals as well. The one older shot in particular was really important, wasn't it? Um, but this year, I think because of the because of no Mullin at the start of the season, he probably heaped a load of pressure on himself. He probably desperate to take that that position and make it his own because yeah. there was a spot available. And it just sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. I think the goal at, at Mansfield, a brilliant goal, well taken, good run. That would help his confidence no end because he was desperate, wasn't he? And I think. He snatched at a couple of chances in the couple of games before. And, but like you say, a little confidence boost with the goal, confidence boost of starting a few games, yeah. getting a link up with Mullen as well. It just, it all adds up and plateaus to, to being a better player and being a more confident player. And, and that's at the end of the day, what he wants. Yeah. Right. Last thing for me on the, on the Gills match, Jill Gills. Who's the Gills? Sorry. The G- Gillingham, Gillingham Gills. Yes, I was right. <laughs> I started Jill. to question myself halfway through that. Um, Right, Tim, we're going to have to come to this bit uh, because you sort of trailed it yesterday in those spaces and I was hoping you'd forget about it, but then you put it on the agenda today. Apparently, you've got an Aquanco song. Uh, I've got about, I've got, I'm not kidding, I've got about 36 Aquanco songs. I don't know what happened, but I think... We don't have to listen to all of them. Can you pick the no, best two, I, I can't, right. I, I just, because, I, for whatever reason, because it's a three-syllable surname... I, I, for some bizarre reason, have now given myself this challenge where anybody can give me a song and I will fit a Conqueror's name into it. So it's become this weird thing that I've that I've done. Um, and then yesterday, some lads told me, remember that first one you did in the car two weeks ago? Some of the lads have started to get it going. Now, what I didn't know, I don't mind making a dick out of myself in front of you and Liam. I didn't quite know that Andy Morell was going to come on. So all of a sudden, I'm not sure I want to make a dick out of myself in front of Hang on, there's four of us here. This is the Barbershop Quartet. You're not going to like it, but it, you know it's it's got legs. Although I'm I'm quite right. Fuck it, let's just go with it. Right? Do you remember Beverly Hills Cop with with uh, Eddie Murphy? Axel F. Oh, Axel F. Oh, 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 oh. Well, Harold Faltermeyer. You got to go with it, yeah. Here we go. Think about it. Think about it. Arthur, Arthur, Conquo, Arthur, 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 Conquo. You get the gist. Don't cover your hands. Don't cover your face with your hands. The thing is, I couldn't cover my my ears and my eyes. I've only got two hands. Well, let's hear your suggestion. I don't have a suggestion. Exactly. Can we just talk about nothing? Move away from the chance. Let's just talk about him because... I think he's been getting better and better. I think it takes a keeper a while to get to get to get used to the formation, the plays he's got in front of him, to know what he can and can't do and what he should do. 
in certain situations. And I think his decision-making over the last couple of weeks, again, since County, has been absolutely faultless. I'd probably say I can't really remember a keeper we've had who's got so much authority. Um, even, even I, I think he even outranks what Foster did for us at the back end of the season because there was still some, some uncertainty there. There was none there yesterday. Tim, he didn't, how, he didn't, how good has he been? Yeah, I mean, he's he's grown into it. He's he's been better game by game by game. I mean, as bad as Gillingham were yesterday, he didn't have to do a lot. But what he did need to do, he did it with a minimum of ease, or he makes things look easy. You know, he comes, his kicking is ridiculously good. He picks balls out of the sky for fun. And I said this yesterday to somebody that if you're lining up on the opposition, you see the size of a goalkeeper straight away. His physical attributes, you're thinking. Big lad. How are we, I mean, agile, you know, he, his reading of the game is really good. Um, and there's a lot of talk about, well, you know, break break the bank for him, make him a record signing. As much as I'd like that, in my head, surely he's going to be looking at championship. Because let, let, let's be honest, there's no career path for him in Arsenal. Ramsdale can't even get a game for Arsenal at the moment. So is he going to be looking in the upper echelons of the league? unless we make him an offer he can't refuse. But yeah, going back to what you said, he's without doubt that a sort of keeper that that brings that calm composure that we've not probably seen since early, early, early part of Leighton's career with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mozart, right. He's probably fourth choice at Arsenal. Would that calibre player... A, want to drop down to a League 2, maybe a League 1 club, and B, could we afford him? Uh, great question. Um, I think he would have eyes on a higher level because of where he is at at the moment, do you know what I mean? Being a third choice at Arsenal is no, no great shape, do you know what I mean? So I, I would have thought, but if he wants to play games, it just shows you, again, he's a, he's a young lad that wants to come oh. and play games. I didn't think Howard had done a great deal wrong, to be fair, no. when they did swap him because the, after the Stockport game, I thought that was a bit harsh on Howard because I didn't think he had too many. It wasn't really his fault that they let five in, but Parkey again makes a decision on it, wanted to get him in the team, has done, and the more games he plays, the more confidence he looks, isn't it? Again, yeah. that, that same thing with a young, a young player. You never know because Wrexham is a, a big story, isn't it? Uh, in the league so you're not just going to a League 2 team really you go into a, a growing monster aren't you? that's that's taking over uh, the lower leagues at the moment so that Elliot Lee the story is that you you go with the, the thing right through the leagues and he, he could be one of them it's just whether he would want to drop down and do it regularly if he has got eyes on Premier League Championship football Liam is he that sort of player who who we should break the bank for? Is he the sort of player who can nail a position and grow with us for, I don't know, the next five or six years? Yeah, I was talking to a, a friend about this after the match yesterday and he said, you know... You, if, Are you if doing your best get... Arthur and Conco impression by trying to sort <laughs> of like be as big in the camera as possible? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's just I've got, got, I'm quite I've got a lovely... I've got a lovely microphone there oh, that you can't you. quite see. Um, I've got a lovely bit of kit here, and I'm just trying to get as close to it. And I think it's messing my camera up. But in short, yes, we should. I did shout at him after the match to sign up. 
Um, I, I hope I hope he knew that I'm you know it wasn't for a war effort and that it was for for Wrexham FC. Uh, but no, he's he's absolutely the sort of player that he would he would stay with us hopefully for years to come. But like you say, I do think because he was on loan in you know European top division. Um, tail end, yeah, tail end of last season. So that shows you the sort of level he's at and I think there would be other clubs higher up looking at him it's like you said though I mean I'll never say that anything's impossible with Wrexham at the moment I think we could potentially you know give him, him an offer that he couldn't refuse but it's just I guess it depends on how much budget has Parky got to play around with is it an infinite amount or do we have to be a realistic on occasion but I would say if we if we have got that opportunity absolutely try and sign him up I think I think if we do sign him, that is a statement signing, isn't it? I know we've had the sort of Mullins and, and the Lee, and I think that is a next level up for statement signing because it shows what he's done. He's he's Austrian Cup winner. We're getting him from a Premier League club. He's very highly regarded by them. For him to come here, you know, would be a big coup. Um, didn't um something on the space yesterday, or didn't you read out a tweet? Um, someone just asked him, uh, you, "You're going to be about for the rest of the season, aren't you?" And didn't he reply, uh, "Who knows?" Or something? Yeah, last iron, I'm staying for the season I wanted. Yeah, it was, it was Stace who, who uh, takes a, a, a young son to meet all the players, and he, he said, you know, kind of laughed and said, "Well, it's a long season, so you never know what's going to happen." So I think he's enjoying his time here. I think he's loving it. He's 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 growing every game and crucially he's enjoying being part of a squad and a group of players who really 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 have got that kind of kind of band of brothers vibe about them they're because they're, we're seeing it week after week now that they are leaving everything on the pitch like it's almost like it's they're, they're playing their last football game that the, the the effort that's going into the, to winning these games is uh-huh. it's unbelievable it's unbelievable Right, let's go back to something Liam said then. Liam sort of suggested, is there an unlimited budget at, at Wrexham? Um, not if you watch the latest Welcome to Wrexham, where there was quite a quite a telling scene, and I'm sure it sort of I'm sure it sort of played up for camera a little bit. But it was Ryan Reynolds going through how much they've lost since he he and Rob took over took over the Wrexham, and I think Harvey sort of suggests it's around about the ten million mark. Um, firstly. Well, well, let's ask you, Liam. What did you what did you think about that that figure? And in the sort of grand scheme of things, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things to play here, isn't it? it, it it's not just a case of Wrexham at ten million in in the red, is it? My sense is that they played a bit of artistic license with it. Apparently, you know, we were talking a lot about the episode Sean's holiday. Apparently, Humphrey went on another podcast recently and alluded to the fact there was a little bit of poetic license with that so i wouldn't be surprised if this is similar built yeah now that surprises me so John Harvey doesn't have those rippling biceps well i i don't know actually i mean it was an exact body double so you know we can't question that um but they, they do like to ramp up the drama a little bit they do like to ramp up the tension i personally question whether the two of them have lost 10 million of their own money just because there's so many revenue sources coming in at the same time you know you look at the names of the sponsors united airlines hp vista print the impact of the documentary i get the impression financially that's been bigger than perhaps even they were expecting um in terms of the other things that it's attracted around it so i'm not saying that they you know they haven't put money in because quite clearly they have um but i just think some of it will have been recouped 
through those uh, through those avenues. Some of it may be recouped through merchandising. Now, if you've ever asked yourself the question, how much would Andy Morrell pay for a coat? We're about to find out by asking the man, Andy Morrell, how much, what is the upper escalons of your coat buying? Um, is it Gilet hoodie, stroke hoodie, is it? Or is it the, the full coat? You know, it's, there's, there's different. It's your, it's your main winter that... coat, right? You've, you've come home and you've said to the wife, oh, it's bloody cold out there. I, I need a new winter coat. Yeah. I'm going to go and buy a Macron one for 150 quid. I'm not sure she, she'd buy it. Do you know what I mean? Literally. I'm not sure she's having it. Um, I think that it is steep, isn't it? it? It seems steep. I know that people have done comparisons with other clubs and other, you know, Premier League clubs and stuff like that, but it, we're not a Premier League club, are we? Um, and so I just believe that they're, they are a bit high. They're a bit high, but they're going to sell some, aren't they? It's, it's incredible. They're going to sell them and they're going to sell them abroad, even though there's massive, you know, sent, you know, parcel delivery stuff to, to abroad as well. So maybe that is the market that they've gone for and not just the local. The gear is, looks good. I, you know, some of the stuff is, is tidy gear, like, but it's going to be a tough one, is it? And literally a tough sell to, to justify it, really. Tim, you're our sort of regular sportswear shirt sort of correspondent. There's two camps on this. There's the no one's forcing you to buy it. And there's also the we're a community club. Uh, there's a cost of living crisis on why are you charging us 160 notes for a, for a coat? Firstly, what, what camp are you in? And do you think it's bad PR for the club or is it just a sign of where we're going at the moment, the, the trajectory we're heading? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think a lot of it is decent. You know, it's premium, premium uh, wear for a reason. And the, you know, the word premium is, is a big factor and a clue into that. But it's a difficult one because as, as some people are pointing out that, you know, a lot of the uh, the narrative and the documentaries about working class roots and, and, and all that sort of stuff and, and then to suddenly go, right, kids, it's almost Christmas. Uh, go and pay 126 for a gilet, gilet, wherever you want to pronounce it. Well, I can um, do Gillingham, mate, so don't ask me. Well, and, it, and, it, and it's daft, and you can apply as much or as little context to it as you want, because you can go, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a flight to Latvia for 86 quid and still have 40 you know, quid in my back pocket for what it cost me to get a, a Macron Wrexham premium gilet. So it depends on your point of view. I'm hoping the club will listen, but then some people are saying, well, it's not geared towards us. Well, if you're a Wrexham fan, it's got a Wrexham badge on it. It's geared towards you. Whether you're in North America and you're prepared, supposedly prepared to pay bigger prices or not, it's a lot of money, especially, you know, families, the kids see, I want that, dad, I want this. There doesn't seem to be any sort of um, obvious reduction in price for certain age ranges. However, having looked on the Macron website, the, the range they've chosen is exactly the same price on the Macron website. So they've just put the club badge on those items. Um, what what kind of um, decision was made to get those items, I don't quite know. Um, but in terms of what camp I'm in, uh, the camp I'm in is I think it's, it's slightly too much for what it is. Um, but then, you know, if it comes down a bit, you know, when it's in the sales and stuff, I'd probably grab one of them. But I think for what it is, and it's not it's not your, your premium Adidas, Nightwear, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not bespoke, really, because as I just said, you can get it on the Macron website. 
it's not bespoke and people like bespoke stuff, which is what we've got with the shirts. So yeah, but you know, I get what people say, oh, you don't have to buy it. It'll be interesting to see how much, how much of the stuff they actually sell of it. Yep. Five words. Waiting game, Christmas sale, 2024. I think that's five. Yeah. That, that, that's how I'm going to bypass this. Um, I will. They'll, they'll, they'll probably redeem themselves slightly if they if they come up with a really good Wrexham Christmas jumper for a flat fee of twenty pounds, and not the ones that we had under the sort of Robbie Evans era, which had a, like a Rudolph the reindeer on it with a Wrexham badge. It wasn't very good, but everybody wants a Christmas jumper I, for I, the pies. My memory, I don't know what the hell yeah. that is. Yeah, bad. You, you're probably the sort of man who has has a, has that jumper upstairs, though. I, I didn't buy that jumper as much as you've already you've already said I'm the sporty spice of this podcast and now you've got me down as the uh, the sort of office um, Christmas party um, correspondent. I don't own that jumper. I do I do own some Christmas jumpers, but I don't own that one. Um, so yeah. Right. Finally, to you, Liam. Um, little little Dullin needs a needs a jumper. Um, are you sorry? He doesn't need a jumper. We well, probably doesn't need a jumper. I don't know. Um, he needs a coat. Are you spending that much money on it? Well, you know me. I'm a capitalist pig dog like the rest of us. So, um... oh god. <laughs> no, really he's here. <laughs> no, um, I think for, for me, what it comes down to is what what Tim was saying about you know you put a message out there about. You know, the working class thing, town on the bones of its arse type of narrative gets played on quite a lot. And and let's get this out of the way for starters. Rob and Ryan aren't going and picking the prices and going, let's go and charge everyone 150 quid for a coat. But I think it's just that communication between the messages you put out um, as owners and then it getting fed back to the people who are running the show, essentially. I just think sometimes that doesn't always translate as well, but... I don't have to buy one. I'm definitely not going to buy one for my son for that price. Um, Your son is not it, worth that to you. I, I, I Listen, I paid 70 quid for it. I got him a small kit, um, yeah, a kid's kit for a three-year-old. 70 quid for the shirt and shorts. More for me for, for paying it. But when they were said on this week's documentary that the they pay Macron 20 quid per kit, I think that does jar a bit with the kid's the that kids' was timing with what was happening a couple yeah. of days later, wasn't but, it? Well, well they, they, yeah, they wouldn't have planned it. They wouldn't have known that that was going to happen at the same time. Let's be fair to them. But it just does just jar a bit. I think kids' shirts is the one where you know you're trying to get. I know it, it's really taken off with kids in Rex, and everyone's wearing the kit at the moment. But you could just bring that price point down a bit. Adults' price, I think it's by the by in terms of when it comes to the shirts at the moment. Um, but kids' prices could do coming down just that little bit. Mm. I think maybe the moral of the story is if you want a Quanco, buy a you got to buy the jacket. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is it is just that little bit more markup. But you know, if it's if it's if it's going to the club, some some will buy it. I mean, I'm sure you spent ten million. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want some money back, don't you? <laughs> do yeah. Almost- yeah. Um, no, you're right. You're right. Um, Liam, I'm just going to stay with you because uh, I know we, we brought the, the news of the, the WST were surrendering the lease and that sort of, uh, that's, that sort of funded ahead this week. But there was another sort of announcement on Monday about the COP, the COP capacity, how Wrexham Council had denied 
um, the a five thousand five hundred seater cop and went with the original plans of four thousand nine hundred. It seemed quite a flat sort of no planning. Why should we should be we be worried about that? I know you're on Twitter saying it's all really not what it seems here. Well, I I love a drama as much as the next man, but uh, on this occasion. It's it's pretty much a, a technicality that it's come down to. And the big one is always your outline planning permission, which is what we've already got in the bag. So you've got a conditions attached to that, one being that the capacity be capped at 4,900 until they get this issue with, well, we've talked phosphates to death. Is it poos? Is it peas? Whatever it is, they've sorted out issues at the waste treatment works in Wrexham. So the club's argument was essentially they went down a route which was, can we just quickly get this done? This isn't, you know, a, a material issue is what it comes down to. But the, what the council will say I mean, is material would be poos, not peas. Then, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, so a non-material amendment, which is usually quite a quick job, but they've said no, you've gone down the wrong process here. You need to just provide us with a little bit more evidence, not loads. Um, in order to have it removed, and that's what they've asked them to do. So it's, it's like I say, there's different sorts of planning applications. This isn't really a major one, I wouldn't say, and I don't foresee any issues when they go back to them with a bit more evidence. Um, and let's not forget, there's not even been any spades in the ground yet for the COP, so we're looking at a long time off before it opens. So by the time that comes around, I imagine it'll be well resolved by them. Okay, that's good to hear. Thank you for being the voice of reason on this. Um, let's sort of now we've got we've got Moza here. Um, he's seen a lot of us this this season. He's been doing a lot of work with uh, with BBC Wales. Done some BT. Oh, sorry, I can't call it BT anymore, can I? What is it? TNT. Yeah, it's well, TNT, Sky, isn't it? Now Sky that we're in. <clears throat> now oh, we're Sky, in yeah. Now. Sky, get it right. Goodness. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I've seen you on the bloody telly this year. Anyway. Radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. I just thought let's take this opportunity. Let's have a little sort of review of the season, what we sort of think overall. Um, and I think that's before we sort of delve into players, let's 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 have a highlight. Andy, would you like to go first? What was sort of your highlight of the season? Where have you sort of thought, wow, you know, this is this is this is everything we expected and more? Um well I think there's been various you know, trying to commentate on a five-five and a three-three at home, it's it's balmy. And you know, we had it in the national league, and we thought getting up that's not going to happen up in this league, is it? And and it has been. Um, I think that the the preseason wasn't fantastic for the players. I think they came back short of of match fitness. I don't think after that first game, there was, anybody had played in ninety minutes. So I think they're definitely going to have to look at that for for next year. I get completely why they've gone. They have to go because of the yeah. doctor and everything you've got to go and do it I just think they could possibly have done it a little bit differently the players just needed more game time really not as much flying around I don't think out there but they came back a little bit short and hence that's why the first few games were were tricky and we got a bit of awakening in the first game but now getting into 13, 14, 15 games time you can see now that the players are, are fully fit and the level that they're playing at at the moment is and they're right in their stride and, it, and, it's, and it's brilliant to watch you know uh, as a as a one off highlight, I'd, blimey, I'd, I think there's too many to to say. There's been some fantastic goals, hasn't there already? Um, and yeah, I, I I just think the squad is a joke. You know, for what 
what uh, you're looking at the bench and we've got injuries coming out of our ears at the minute, centre-halves, and we're just comfortable in there because uh, the next person comes in and does equally, if not better, job. And that squad is going to is going to be so, so important, taking them through to hopefully keeping them up right at the top of the top of the tree. Yeah, I mean, me and Tim were talking about this uh, on Spaces yesterday. Um, it's ridiculous, that squad, because what's going to happen is you're going to have the likes of Crew and Swindon who have started reasonably well but they're going to suffer when when they lose players we're not as much because we can bring in quality from 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 all from all areas um, I mean Tim what's your highlight been and and, and your low light really um low light is obviously Stockport I mean it stands out for obvious reasons we were just poor from from the get-go and we just just kind of rolled over and died, which is very, very uh, uncharacteristic of a Phil Parkinson team. So that that was that was without doubt an easy an easy low line. In terms of highlight, um, I think probably Notts County because I kind of felt we were building. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna I was gonna do Mansfield because technically we played better at Mansfield in, in in the cup than what we did at County. But I think in terms of the statement win that we kept on talking about. I know we were kind of like maybe going through the motions for the early part of that season um, and just trying to to click into gear. And then it all came in that match, really. Um, you know, we just scored at the right times. Um, we made our own luck. I just, it, was, it was all of it. Toza had no right to even be in that team. And then he comes on and plays because of the injury to Tony, Tony Cliff. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 was, that, was, that was without doubt the, the highlight. Um, easy one. Yeah, I mean that's my highlight as well, just because that's your classic get back in the league, go to a, a fancied opposition and turn them over. I mean it's it's almost mm. not devalued a little bit in non-league, but there is this sort of thing that Wrexham is is expected to go to go away to the likes of Eastleigh and win. But you know, top of the table against Notts County, that match no one could have called it beforehand, and to go over there and do them so so sort of forensically even that's. That, that, it was just such a great away game. You know, the, the away end was absolutely rocking. Yeah. County looked looked shell-shocked, both the team and their fans. That's exactly why you become a football fan for, for days like that. And it's almost because we haven't had them for so long in the league. It almost makes it all the sweeter. My low light is actually going to be a player, and it's going to be Luke Young. And it's not anything that Luke Young's done, but it's the fact that he's our captain and he can't even get on the on the bench. Now I know there was always going to be casualties of the squad we've got and all all the players who've done so well for us over the years weren't always going to come with us on this. But I still think in League Two, Luke Young's worth something to this team. And I as I sort of said yesterday on spaces, I, I can't see um a period in a match where you you know bringing Luke Young on would be a mistake. You know you're losing, you bring Luke Young on because he'll g people up. You're winning, you can bring Luke Young on because <clears throat> because he will keep things tight and tell people where to go and lead lead by example. You know you're drawing, you need a goal. Well, you've got the best set, probably the best set piece player at the club. I mean, I I just I would like Luke Young to be in and around the squad more than he is because I know how much he loves Wrexham and he's our club captain. Uh, and I think I'd like I'd like him to be at least in the 16. I'm not saying he has to start every game because no one's going to. But if he's fit for me, he should be on the bench. Um, anyway, Liam, 
your highlight? Don't want to bring everyone down with my Luke Young chat. Um, it might be recency bias talking, but actually yesterday was probably the most enjoyable for me. And it is just because I hate those dramatic games where it's you know, a goal every five seconds. People say, oh, yeah, it's really entertaining. I'm like, yeah, but is it decent from a footballing perspective? You want your team to be keeping clean sheets like we did yesterday, to be playing really patiently, stringing balls together and you know just wait for that second goal when it comes. Um, so for me, I just came out feeling really on a high yesterday from that game, from that perspective. It was a pretty complete performance. Okay, Gillingham didn't threaten too much, but what they did, we coped with really well. So I would say that, and also because I don't think Phil Parkinson gets enough credit for you know the different ways that we score goals. You know, people always talk about us as this direct team, but I don't think we're that. Um, they say, you know, he sticks to the same tactics, but it's actually, he sticks to the same formation, but there's several different ways that you can play within that. So I think more credit for Phil Parkinson from that. Um, low light for the reason I mentioned about not enjoying these type of games, even though we came back against Swindon and drew five all. That's when I was sort of worrying about the amount we were conceding. It was all too easy for Swindon in that game to, to score against us. Um, that was what I really didn't want to see from us because I thought we'd make life a lot harder for ourselves by doing that. Um, but that seems to have evened itself out now, hopefully. Um, I'll, stick, I'll stick with you for the next question. Um, who's your player of the season so far and who's sort of coming up on the rails to challenge them? The obvious choice for me is Elliot Lee, just because that oh, You period... can't have Elliot Lee because I wanted him. Well, it's, it's just that period when <laughs> Mullen was... <laughs> When Mullin was out and you were worried I about him earlier, I didn't, please, I didn't... If, if you if you're listening to this, please watch YouTube just to see the dis, disdain and disgust on Andy Gilpin's face when he couldn't claim ownership of Elliot Lee. Then it is a beautiful sight. I mean, it's the obvious choice, isn't it? To be fair, yeah, it it's is the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah, because when when we were without our star striker, he was the one who was coming up with the goals and. We've talked about his all-round game. Yes, he's very good in an attacking sense and passing the ball, but he also doesn't shirk his duties in defence either. Um, and I, I hate it sounds a bit twee to say it, but he's another one of those players who just gets what it's like to play for Wrexham. He gets what it means. He's always really passionate. You can tell he's enjoying playing for us, which is why I'm hoping these Birmingham rumours are a load of crap. Um, I think they so, are. Yeah. Um, in terms of the one coming up on the rear, I mean, I know Mullin's been great since he came back in, but for me, it's actually James Jones, just because I think we've really seen the best of him this season. You're a football hipster, Liam. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I, I can I, I remember when we first signed him, I kept saying I was looking to see you know what was special and what was good about him, and I can see it now. I see the way he links up with players on the right-hand side from midfield, and... I just think he makes us tick as well. When he, if he's not playing, our midfield doesn't work to its best. So, for that reason, he would be my number two choice. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I might as go next because I, I was I was going to go Lee as well. I mean, we all might be going Lee here because he is he he has scored scored the important goals. I just love the fact that you know he comes alive when we really need him. Last minute goals, the one against Salford, that sort of thing. Um. Was it so? Sorry, Doncaster. I mean that that's. That's the player we need, the talisman we need, and I think he's absolutely re reveling in it. Uh, 
coming up on the Wales, I think the keeper's done great. I think he's really, I really rate him that highly. If we can keep him, if we can keep him for the season, um, I think we've got a great chance of going up. Tim, do you want to go next? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's blatantly obvious. I mean, it's a no contest at the moment. Elliot Lee he's is... Lee. There's two people at him. You, you need no, to I mean, he's, he's, he's... I look like a, a football twat as opposed to a football hipster if I don't say Elliot Lee. I mean, it's it, right. it's not even close. It's not even close. Um, I mean, I've grown my beard in his honour. That's how good he is. Except I don't look like Elliot Lee. I look no, like... You. I don't know what I look like, but I don't look like him. Sutcliffe? Um, uh, thanks. Well, yeah, great. Just compare me to a notorious serial killer. That'll do. Yeah. So you compare an Elliot Lee to, to Peter Sutcliffe? Is that what you're saying? No, no, he's got a lovely beard. He's got a lovely <laughs> non non killery beard. A non killery beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, we, what we'll do because we we haven't done we did shy to heroes and mighty heroes. What we need is a bearded heroes eleven. We'll come to that. We'll okay. do that. We'll All do right. that in the build up to Christmas. Um, so yeah, Lee by a country mile. Uh, touch wood, he doesn't get injured or anything like that because he's been superb. Um, and in terms of anybody who comes close to him. I don't think there is. I genuinely don't think there is. Um, and that's just, just because he's been levels above. Um, I'd probably say Oli Palmer. I'd go for Oli okay. Palmer. Um, right, just nice. because, yeah, I, I just think his overall contribution has been better than what he what he gave us last season. I just think his um, he's, he's whinging to the referees less. So I think his discipline is a lot better. He looks fitter, he looks leaner, he looks hungrier. Um, and his overall game is just brilliant, just brilliant. It's not just about goals and headers. He just brings people into play. He's more patient. He and I just think... Down. Down. He wears yeah, people down. Yeah, he, he, he grinds people play against him. Yeah, and I, I just thought it was... Um, I just think he's very, very good. He's, he's starting to show that he's, he's, he's much more than just this giant striker who pitches in and compliments Mullins' goal tally. So he's very much he's very much become his own player, if you like, this season. And finally, Mozzie, you're not a football twat, are you? you you're going to go for, for Lee as well, aren't you? A lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you could go quite quirky if you want, but uh, Elliot Lee has been outstanding. Go quirky, go quirky, come on. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who's up behind him, though, for me. Um, but yeah, it looks like Elliot Lee is really enjoying his football, you know, and he, he really relished the mantle of taking... Mullins superhero status when he wasn't playing, you know, stepping up to the plate and being the main man and dragging the team through at really difficult times. Um, and his quality is just gone up another level since last year. I think some of the sort of passes, goals, finishing, he seems like desperate to get in the box now to score goals as well, add that to his, his game. So he, he has been miles ahead of everybody else and you can't look anywhere else. I've been really impressed with, uh, and it will come back to your point, Andy, um, I've, with with Evans, uh, George Evans, I think he's been class, played two different positions and the fitter he's got, the better he's looked. He's looked comfortable in both. He looks good on the ball and I think his his meteoric rise if getting into the team and staying in the team has been at the detriment of, of Luke Young, I think, because he's taken yeah. that spot and he's done so well in there. I think his energy levels are, are fantastic. He keeps the ball for us. He keeps it moving. He does the simple stuff really well. And I've been I've been really impressed with him since he's got again a run of games. You know what? Um, you're not the only ex-pro to say that. Uh, Neil Roberts said the same thing on Twitter last night. He said of everyone that who's he's, he impressed him, 
Evans impressed him the most, and he says he'll only get better as he gets fitter. So, yeah, oh, we, it looks like we've got a player on our hands there, um, which is good to see. Uh, with that in mind, should we do a quick starting 11? And I imagine, like Lee, th- these are going to be quite quite similar. Um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go, obviously, big Arthur in goal. I'm going to go forward for right for right wing back. I just think he's he's more solid defending and attacking. And sometimes you need to be defending in this in, in this league. And I think he, he spots danger a little bit better than Barnett, who's brilliant going forward, but can sometimes leave us exposed. I'm going to go Hayden, Tozer and, and Tom O'Connor at the back. Hayden, obviously, when fit, brilliant in both boxes. You proper main defender there. Tozer's come back into the team beautifully. I probably wouldn't have said Tom O'Connor had left centre-back a couple of weeks ago, but he's just been getting better and better in, in the role. And because... Evans has been so good in midfield. You can't see him slotting back in there. So I think it's I think it's nice to have a ball playing centre half in there. And you know, rather than launch it where you launch it, you you can have teams coming straight at you straight away because there's space there. It's nice to sort of play it around, and Atoza and Tom O'Connor can can do that. I'm, I'm going to be controversial on the left because um, I think Mendy, for me. Um, is better in that position than McLean. Now McLean is a brilliant player, but is he uh is he a an out and out um left wing back? I'm not so sure. Um so yeah, there might be some some controversy there. In midfield, I'm going for Evans, Jones and Lee. It picks itself and up front I'm going for Palmer and Mullin because again it, it just picks itself. Liam is yours massively different from that. Um, have I been harsh on McLean? Um, I can see where you come in from because there's been times when, to me, he does look like a midfielder playing at left wing back. When it, on his best performances, you wouldn't you wouldn't move him from that slot. But I think his his poems, form has been patchy in parts. But, but also, actually, though, he does bring leadership to the team. Um, but Men- if Mendy plays every game like he did yesterday. He would have to be the one to start. I, I, for me, that position's up in the air. I can't. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm going to go Swiss on that one. Um, I don't think there's too many changes I'd make to your team. Who did you pick at the? Who did you pick the back three? Uh, I went for Hayden Tozer and, and Tom O'Connor. Oh, that's annoying. I wanted to disagree with you for the sake of it. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't disagree with too much really. of that. Hey, it's not a competition. You don't have to be argumentative. You can say well, I'm right. I just, well, no, there would be no sense in admitting that. Um, so, yeah, I'll go Ben Foster in goal. Just, yeah, because that's, no, no, I won't really. <laughs> yeah, you're no, going Nicholas in goal, just to be contrary. <laughs> I can't disagree with uh, too much of that, unfortunately. So I'll just have to concede that Andy Gilpin is a football genius. Um. Right, thank you. On that note, let's just end the podcast because it's not going to get any any better than this. Andy, is there anyone uh, anyone that you'd pop in that that I haven't? No, I don't think so. The way that they are, they're going at the moment. I like Tony Cliff. I really have. I think he's a, a really good player. So I'd I'd probably, if everyone was fully fit, I'd probably have him left side instead okay. of. But he's O'Connor's done great, hasn't he? And he's a really good passer of the ball so sits in there and does really well with the ball at his feet um, and the, I think all of you have sort of alluded to both sides it doesn't really matter does it <laughs> you, you no. can flick or flag either of them as a pair 
and you've got a decent 70 minutes and a 20 minutes for both sides and each could start and each could come on a sub and change a game equally as well. So I think it's an, an embarrassment of riches. Um, I think I think Barnett is sensational going forward when he gets, you know, 1v1. He's so, so difficult to to stop, you know, crossing the ball and stuff. But Ford gives you a little bit more, maybe defensively. And the same McLean gives you that experience, but Mendy gives you probably a bit more legs. I think McLean maybe a couple of times dives in a little bit. Um, he could maybe stay on his feet, but again, it, it, I'd be happy with any of them playing in my team, I tell you. Tim, is it almost that you have a home and an away team? So if you're away going to like a, a you know, place like, I don't know, Crew or somewhere like that, you might play Tanner Cliff because he's a bit more solid. And if it's at home, you'd play O'Connor and maybe Barnett on the right. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could you can go through like Andy just said. You can go through the team and probably pick three separate starting elevens. Really, it's that good, you know, um, in terms of rotation and everything else. But I mean, it, we're we're in a place now where we're looking at this, looking at the team, and we're pretty much all in agreement that at least eighty five, ninety percent of them are all the same picks that that we've chosen. So the only thing I would probably have, I probably, I probably go for for Barnett. Um, on the right, just because I just like what he does. It's it's pretty straightforward. Hit the byline cross, hit the byline cross. Nine times out of ten, he pulls it off. Um, so I like that from him. And yeah, I'm in, in agreement with Andy. I just think I think Tunnicliffe's our, our absolute warrior in that defence. I think he's he, he's not afraid to get stuck in where it hurts. Um, hence why he's injured so often. Um, O'Connell's been unlucky. I, I'm. I would I wouldn't be hugely bothered if Tom O'Connor wasn't in that starting lineup. But it's he was great yesterday. Don't get me wrong, he was really really good. I still don't think that's I that's just not his position. Um, try as Parky might might like to kind of mould him into that position, and he's done well for the most part in recent games there. But it, it, it just looks more himself in that middle middle of the park Stockport game aside, where he looked lost. But um, yeah. And then the rest picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, right, let's start to wrap this up because Andy Morrell looks like a fellow who wants to watch Call the Middle Rife because you know it's a Sunday after, it's a Sunday evening. Um, I can remember Sunday evenings used to be a bath, and then you used to have to watch uh, Last of the Summer Wine. Um, yeah, it was it was a grim. It was. It I, was bet, a... I bet. I bet. I bet. Compo didn't have to pay 126 for his gilet. <laughs> That's for sure. No, you, you probably didn't. Um, we probably knitted it. Nora Batty knitted it. Anyway, all these references are lost on our American friends. So let's look ahead to Saturday. Accrington, Tim, where are you going? Are you going to Accrington? Are you going to Armenia? Um, are you going to left I'm wing? To, I'm going to Armenia. Um, I will be there on Wales away GT. Obviously, uh, Wales can qualify for next year's Euros in Germany if they win both games Saturday in Armenia, Tuesday in Turkey. They they might not even need, need to win both. They could just win one, depending on results elsewhere. But both of them would mean it's in our hands and we qualify. So, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be hopefully tuning in somewhere to watch the uh, the the uh, the Accrington game, the the Bobby Grant derby. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty confident. Uh, I think um, you know, we haven't been there for a long, long time. But with the form we're in, you, you would expect. At least nothing, bare minimum a point, bare minimum. Um, you know, the, the winning, the unbeaten runs aren't going to last forever, but I, I can't see us 
losing it there. So, yes, but I'll be in Armenia for that one. I'll be in Istanbul. So, you know, Wales are playing Turkey. I'm doing the opposite. I'm going the opposite <laughs> way. I'm flying the flag in there. In the in the capital of Turkey, um, again, I think we've got a good chance there. You've got Mullin to come back in. Uh, he'll come back in straight away. There's no there's no chance that they'll they they won't they won't. I wonder if we do have a problem at left wing back though, because if Mendy's off at Gambia, McLean, we don't know if he's if the Republic of Ireland is. I, I don't know if they've got two games. Is, is midweek game apparently that he's been only midweek game. So it depends when he has to travel. Is it at home, Liam? Um, it's, it's, it's the final, yeah, final game, isn't it? That he's playing for him, and then he misses one. Right. Um, he's only available for one, I think. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so he might be able to travel after the game, and that solves that that problem. If not, there might be a slight a slight problem there, but I can still see us see us taking that. I reckon. I don't know, three one. Um, Liam, what do you think? Uh, I'm going for a two one win for us. Uh, I know we can be our form on the road can be changeable but um i don't at Carrington Stanley, i think they're eighth at the moment they don't look deep. <laughs> yeah i don't think they're pulling up many trees though from their recent results so I, I think we should be all right there i won't be in accrington i won't be in istanbul uh i'll be in Wrexham because i'm electronically tagged so yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> um uh uh so what do you think <laughs> Wow. I'm just trying to. Just trying to just like, what what would Liam's crime be? I think some sort of I don't know financial fraud. I, I can't see you going around hammering someone. The hell? <laughs> financial yeah. fraud. What other what other versions of fraud is there? Uh, but I know. But I, I just think some sort of real low. I don't know. Old people's home sort of thing. Um, oh my god! Wow. All right. Uh, let, let's let's uh, let's move away from that. Mozza, what do you think about Accrington? Um, I'm not going to be the there. Way. Yeah, I won't be in Armenia. I won't be in Istanbul, and I won't be tagged in Wrexham either. Uh, I'll be, I'll be at home or, or watching from afar. Um, I think it's a really tricky one because it's oh, not a nice place to go and play your football. It's really, really tricky. We are used to grounds like it from last year and the 15 years we've had in that league below, so we should be maybe used to them. But uh, I think it's such a difficult place to go. I still think we'll will win, but it's not going to be as easy as I think some people will think. They are on a on an okay run and they've got some decent players, Sean Morley uh still doing it at the at the level. Um so I'll just go a cheeky away one niller. Oh a nice a nice how, how, how much was the ticket for Atkinson? Because there was a big Ferrari like over it. Quid. I think it was more I mean, they charged looked, Yeah. They, 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 they put it up more than anyone else. So yeah. there was there was a suggestion that all right, there's people are going, but they're, they're going to do a bit of a boycott of the food within the ground. I paid eight quid for my Armenia versus Wales ticket, by the way. Mad, absolutely mad. Um, um, right yeah. on that, should we have a? What, should we have a? Should, we might as well predict the Wales games as well. Tim, you're our resident expert. How are Wales going to do? Um, they will gain revenge for Armenia dickiness in Cardiff, so I reckon we'll win that two nil. Um, setting things up nicely because I don't think Croatia will lose their game so that's set things up nicely for Turkey and Cardiff next Tuesday night um, and I think that'll be a nervy occasion but I think we'll win that 2-1 and we qualify and it'll be wild it'll be great and we're all off to Germany next year so that's where I'm going with those two two wins from two thank you very much Rob Page is suddenly a legend again yeah nothing the old Mooney can do um, exactly. 
Uh, any any different from any of uh, you guys on that? Liam, what do you think? I think despite the the results at home, I think Armenia, we should win. Turkey is probably the one I'm slightly less confident of. I could see a draw there potentially, but uh, I miss, I'm I'm being Reese this week, basically. I'm being pessimistic on, on the home game. Yeah. Um, Mozo, just because Turkey have already qualified, will that make things easier or or, or harder for, for Turkey out there? Might, might they took the foot off the gas or mm-hmm. is it the sort of thing that, you know, if you've not got any pressure, you can just play? Yeah, a, a little bit of, of both potentially. I think the last result for Wales will have really given them a lot of of hope and a, little, a lot of fire because they're still fighting for everything they can. So I, I had a couple of seasons with Pagia at Cov as well. So uh, I'm massively in his court. I had Alan Nil as my manager at Berry as well. So I'm... <laughs> I'm cheering her along, hoping that they'll uh, they'll do it just for them because they're they're good people. No, great. On that, any other business? Yes, let's give the last last one. A, you didn't ask for my uh, prediction for Accrington, but I'm going to go two oh, one. I thought you were going to do it. I thought you no two one. Um, Rex and women um, will be in action. Top of the table, top of the Adran Premier Clash at Swansea, which is televised. Uh, Ten past five kickoff on S4C on Sunday, November the nineteenth. Wrexham are at Swansea. They go into it in very good form today. They won is it the Butte Energy Welsh Cup game at the Rock. They managed to overcome Flandidno. Ninety fifth minute. Uh, it was Katie Sharp who scored 95th minute late on. So they just keep grinding these these wins out um, and can afford to bring Hugh, Rosie Hughes off the bench. I think she's on the bench for that one. Um, so, yeah. Swansea, mate? Uh, she will be suspended for that game as far as my way, yeah. So it didn't, yeah. So it's a, it is a bit, of a bit of a blow, but, you know, similar to what the men's team are doing, they're just fostering a winning attitude and a winning mentality there. And you know, they've, they've adapted life to, to life in 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 the top flight with the minimum of fuss doing really, really well. So big game. Think go to Swansea and get a result. That's, that is their kind of Notts County statement win, if you like. That is a big one. No, great. We wish both Wrexham teams the most luck next week and Wales as well. So thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you yeah. next time. Goodbye. Like, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Follow us everywhere and uh, give me some a Conquo chance that I can uh, get yeah, into a song next week. A better one than one he did. Uh, all right. Thanks very much, everyone. Just one last blast. One last blast of it. Come on. After, after the Conquo. After, after the.